was just like escape mode. Mm -hmm. Me, I was in a total escape mode because I'm the only one responsible for my kids. You're listening to the Upward Momentum Podcast, where we share the stories of ordinary individuals who have been faced with life challenges, yet continue to find upward momentum. It was it was the most terrifying picture that I ever saw in my in my in my life. In this episode, I sit down with Olga Ozerian, a Ukrainian immigrant who came to Canada just over a year ago. If you sleep, all the all the people in the car who were behind you, they could they would do this. So you are standing, and they would go uh, uh, before. You. She shares her story about her experience when the war started her journey to flee the country and move her two kids and mother to Canada. We, we have in freedom in our mind and in our blood. Get ready, because it all starts now. My story is just one of, of millions and millions of stories of all Ukrainians. But believe me, my story is very similar, very familiar to all the others of Ukrainians who had to leave. It all began, you know... Uh, <clears throat> Every time when I'm starting to think about it and that when I'm trying to, to tell about it, every time I just can't believe that it, 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 it was all happening to us. Believe me, I, I, don't, I don't even remember how many times I've, I've, shared, I've been sharing this story with anybody, but no, I just literally, it, it's very hard to believe that all this happening to us now, this time in, 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 in the center of Europe and how, how is it is it all possible? I just, so it's, it seems to me that we have a, like a classical story because we, as, as all Ukrainians, as most of Ukrainians, my family, we, I was wake, waking up because of the sounds of explosions at 5 a.m. Those sounds of those explosions, I will never forget because they can't be compared with anything. It was, I understood everything what was happening, but I couldn't say it, name it, so I couldn't even pronounce it, that the war started, I couldn't pronounce it. I just, you know, I heard those explosions, I opened my eyes and I decided, no, it seemed to me, so nothing, no, nothing happening, it, it's just something, something, it's, something was happening, it's, it was like a dream or something yeah. like that, it was just seemed to me. After that, in the, in the 10 or 11 minutes, again and again, so those ex explosions, they never ended. They were repeating constantly in some period of time, so 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but they were repeating. After third or, or the fourth of ex explosions, I got up. I woke, so I woke up. I, I woke up my mom, and I told and I told her that something was happening. So I couldn't call it war because it was like a you know like a restriction. I couldn't pronounce this word. And my mom, she has the same reaction. She couldn't, she couldn't believe it, absolutely. But so it was from 5 p.m. and until roughly 7 a.m., we were just trying to pull ourselves together and to understand what was what was happening in general. Mm -hmm. And first of all, I I wrote to my colleagues. I asked my I asked my manager, my direct manager, what <laughs> what he recommend in this situation. So what did the company is going to do in, in this situation? Well, we were recommended to stay at home because um, because all the roads were already stuck full of traffic jam. Even already in six in six a.m. As it turned out, a lot of people they were preparing. They were preparing. Their, they had their suitcases packed already in the cars. So me, no, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared at all. 
So that's why we were recommended in the company that I've been that I was working for. We were recommended to stay at home and just to listen to the news and <clears throat> to, uh, to understand the recommendation from our government. And after that, we just googled the news and we watched and we listened Putin's speech that he it was his decision that a so-called special operation in Ukraine. After that, my mom told me that yes, uh, if if it is if it is his if it is his words words if it is his speech it was official speech you have you have opportunity to to listen to it everywhere. So my mom told me that yes, this is a war and we should uh, we should escape. And uh, Matt, we just were starting to to put all our stuff. To, to two two suitcases, we had several bottles of water with us in in our in my apartment. Kids were happy that they won't go to the school. I just very I remember that point that that moment very much. That their first their first question was, "Oh, we won't go to school? Wow, cool!" It was it was just one of the funniest moment for that day. So we left we left at nine a.m. I just threw all our, oh, it, it was two suitcases and two just some bags. My two kids, my sons, they are eight and 10. <clears throat> my mom and we were just moving to the Western part of Ukraine. My idea, I don't know why, there is no explanation. And then just wanted, my idea was to reach Poland. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know don't don't know why, because it is the nearest way. And I knew that the road there, so, because I'm a good driver. And so this is it. And you know, we were literally stuck in the, in the traffic jam because we had and thousands of refugees going across the road by their feet with their, with their babies on, on these carriages, with their pets in the boxes. They were just leaving, going across the road. And, and of course, they were all the all, all roads of the driving to the western part of Ukraine. So this is this is my introduction. Okay. So so when you said that you were you were going to Poland and and you mentioned that there was really you don't know you, that's just where you sort of decided to go. And so can you say more about what you, what you were thinking in that moment? What was sort of going through your uh, mind? Very good questions. Thank you. I, you know, I even wrote a series of posts about it and uh, translated it in, into English. It is in LinkedIn. I, I, I can say that I couldn't think about anything. We were in a so big, huge level of shock. Then it was just, it was just like escape mode. Mm -hmm. Me, I was in a total escape mode because I'm the only one responsible for my kids, and I have my mom with me, so I'm responsible for her as well so i i was and i am <laughs> the, the main the main person in my family that's why i understood very quickly that i should visit i should be with a cool i should cool up my mind to stay calm and i should decide everything and so we are in the car everything's fine for now everybody is alive everybody is alive that's the most important and you know while we were stuck in this <laughs> in this traffic jam I can't even call it a traffic jam. It was like, a, I don't know, I just a cool thousand kilometers of cars mo moving meter by meter by meter. That's why 
we were driving to the to Poland for six days and nights. Six days and nights we spent in the car without without anything. So because all the stores were already 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 closed. And I was so lucky that I had a car on a diesel, not not gas, but diesel. And I understood that di- diesel is not so quickly. Oh, sorry, it doesn't my... burn as fast. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, it doesn't burn as fast. So I was happy that I have a diesel car, not a gas, because I saw a lot of people who were who were trying to to find somehow the uh, oh, like... tank, tanks with gas. Yeah. Yes, from somebody they're trying to help each other. But I had diesel, and it was very very slowly burned. So I was happy about that. And uh, I didn't think about anything. I was thinking, uh, I had an only, uh, the only one dist- idea of our destination. So the only thing that I was thinking about is we should cross the border and I should have my kids and my mom in safe, in, in safe, in safety. That's what my, that was my, the only idea. And, uh, you know, I even described it in my post that I met, I literally, I felt myself like a robot. I felt myself like a robot because I was, I was stuck with in my car holding my steering wheel. So, yeah, steering wheel, <laughs> holding my steering wheel, and I was just I didn't feel anything. I I couldn't even cry. But when we saw, so we were, we were going when we crossed Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. When we crossed Kiev, and when we started to drive to the main main road, main highway to the to the uh, to the border, we saw a lot of tanks just t- 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 10 and 12 so a lot of a lot of tanks with our with our men who were going to a real to the real war it was it was the most terrifying picture that i ever saw in my in my in my life because it is one thing that when we when you see the tank or some weapons in the museums in the pictures and the, in in the movies but it is absolutely a different thing when you see it in real life with your own eyes. And we saw our Ukrainian men who had to leave all the, their families, their works or everything. And they had to go to defend their country. And when we saw those tanks, I was how to describe it. I started to cry and I couldn't stop myself. I started to cry. My kids were in the, in the, behind my back. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, it was one of my very best lessons in my life. I told them, so, you know, because they say that we should hide our sufferings from our kids. I, I don't I don't agree with this statement because I'm many years ago, I was certified as an emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence trainer and speaker. And I remember that one of the best ways when you can't when you can't stop your emotions you should say about it mm-hmm. you should explain it and it will be easier for for all the people around you to understand you and i told my kids to that in that moment that boys i should cry a little bit but i'll be fine just give me a time it was my ex- it was my phrase to them because they were a little bit terrifying because i was just i couldn't stop it was just crying my my tears all all, all, all over my face because you know all the tanks so we are here and and close close nearby us they were t- tanks moving forward and it was it was just terrible and so i cried and after that of it was my it was one of my best outcomes during all this period of time you should cry because after after you cry it is you feel better you feel mm-hmm. a, a, a really better so 
you know, I just I don't want to go to to very to very much details because th that road was road. I wanted to say road to hell. <laughs> it was very terrible road because we didn't have any food or water or other some util utilities. You know, nothing. And uh, my kids were happy that they <laughs> they they uh, they shouldn't they didn't blend their teeth and you know some very very funny. But the most important observation observation was that all ukrainians who who's, who were living in the village across the highways of course they they knew the situation of course everybody knew that the war has started they started to volunteer as crazy as as crazy they started to cook food and they 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 were bringing us that dishes that food to us who were stuck in the in the traffic jam they were just coming up to us from the villages, from their houses, very small houses or big houses. It's, 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 it doesn't matter. But they were just knocking to the cars and, and ask us, do you want to eat? We have something for you. You have kids. Here, here you are, candies, chocolate, water, and so on. So, and all those six days, we were just, we, were, we, were, we got it over only because of the volunteers, because they brought us the, that food. I never, I couldn't even imagine that I would have such an experience. <laughs> yeah. So typically how, say with the, if there's no traffic, how long would that drive take? Typically? Uh, so yes, typically, Yeah. typically it would take not, not, not a day and a night. So okay. if, if, if we are, if we are talking about reaching Polish border, it is a day and a night or even, or even less. Okay. We have um, we have a big city in the western part of Ukraine. It is called Lviv. So to Lviv, you can reach Lviv during just 10, 10, 10 hours or even eight hours. It seems to me when without any traffic jam. And so <clears throat> at that time, it took us yes, it took us six days and nights. So we left our apartment at nine twenty fourth of February. And we opened the apartment that we were given in Warsaw on in the morning of the second of March. Wow. Yes. So that that was a terrible. It was a terrible trip, a travel. I can't tra I can't name it travel. I can't call yeah. it travel. And then where where did you originate? So which like which direction were you headed towards Poland? Like were you headed? west then yes you know i as i mentioned i i didn't knew where we were going i i, I didn't have any any friends no no acquaintance in poland nobody but you know i i always repeat to to say that it was my luck it was just my luck because during our way to poland one of my acquaintance she, she's not just my she's not even just my friend she's the one of my acquaintance that i just know this lady thanks to my work She's a, she's a very well-known human resources expert in Ukraine. So she dropped me a message on Facebook and she, she told me that she had a partner in Warsaw who could help at least one Ukrainian family who tried who try to escape from there. And she told me that if you don't mind, I would give her your contact, her telephone. And I told, told her, of course, of course we need it because I don't know where we are going. I just, my idea was just to cross the border and keep mm -hmm. my, keep my keep, kids in safe safety. 
And you know, after that, there was just a miracle. A miracle started uh, because that lady, I call her my my god, my my Polish godmother, because she really she I I, I don't know. I wish I could create some some new words, some new definition to express that gratitude and that help and support that she gave us and to our family. Uh, it is it is a lady. She's Polish. She works. She lives and works in Netherlands, but she has an apartment. Her apartment in Warsaw. And she 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 gave us opportunity just to live in that apartment during endless period of time. She just she just had it and she just wanted to help anybody any any of Ukrainian family, and this is it. And but you know, it wasn't just like, hello Olga, I have an apartment. I I will hide I will hide the keys there. Here is the photo. No, it wasn't like that. She was with me. She was with us. She was in my telephone during all this trip. She was she was writing me constantly, not not every hour, but she was with me in my telephone. All this because you know it was during nights and and days, and I I, I didn't sleep at all. You no, know, because we were we were standing in the traffic jam. But 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 in every sometimes we were standing during two or three hours. Mm. But you couldn't sleep. You couldn't sleep because you didn't know. Because each each at each moment you could drive two meters, three meters, or even a kilometer. If you sleep, all the all the people in the cars who were behind you, they could they would do this. So you are standing, and they would go um, uh, before. You. Yeah. Yes, yes, they will around you. And from time to time, if they were they were very good people who just tried to, to wake you up. So please mm-hmm. go go ahead. But mo- but mostly people, you know, when people live in a crisis, when people living in st- through a stress, they just think about the only one thing: how to escape themselves. Mm-hmm. They very seldom think about others. So bec- that's why we I couldn't sleep at all. No one in that traffic jam we didn't sleep. And she knew it. And she dropped me a message. So, how 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 are you, Olga? How many kilometers till the border? How many kilometers left? How many kilometers? You are a very strong woman. You are super resilient. So I can't even express all those words. She, she it seems to me that she's you know she's a poet. <laughs> so she's not a poet. She's a human resource expert as well. But she was a great support, tremendous support for me, because, you know, you can't feel like a robot all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sometimes I felt really desperate, especially before the sun goes down. And I understood that it will be the next night we will spend in the car. The next night and the next night, it was so hard, Matt. It was very hard to spend the time in at night in the car, in the in the traffic jam. It, it was February, it was very cold, and I was terribly afraid for my car because it wasn't okay, it wasn't repaired very well. <laughs> you know, all those circumstances made me absolutely crazy. I was thinking about all this stuff simultaneously, that my car is not okay, that my kids could go, could, could got cold, that I'm very nervous, my mom feels very bad, and all, all everything around my world, my, my head. So, and that lady, her name is Patricia, she just she saved me psychologically in that situation. All those six days she was with me, and she she wrote to me constantly that I will get over it, that I I'm strong, that she's she was waiting for me, <laughs> and she 
she hide the keys somewhere in the in the house so it was the house with apartments and so and in the morning <coughs> no I don't I, I don't want now to, to to tell you about how we get to the apartment I want to tell you <coughs> a little bit about how we crossed the border uh, with, with Poland so we crossed the border so it, it yes it was the second of March in, at night and as far as we crossed the border First of all, the officer, the officer, when, when, when they checked my documents, the, the Ukrainian lady, the officer, she, oh my, I don't want to start to cry. <laughs> when she checked our documents, she gave me, she gave me my documents and she told me, please come back. <laughs> For that moment, I've, I already spent five days in the car and, and she, she said to me, please come back. I, it was, uh, oh my God, don't say me that. <laughs> It was so hard. So, and as far as we crossed the border, and uh, I can't explain explain you what a relief I felt. What a relief because I knew that now there there will not be any there wouldn't be any bombing and explosions, and finally we are safe physically. Finally, we are physically safe. And it seems to me that it was the first the biggest the biggest um uh, how to say it split of energy big 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 point of energy i felt it is it was probably the biggest the strongest in my life that i felt so many energy so much energy inside me that i told my mom mom we are going to warsaw right now it was absolutely crazy decision because I didn't, I wasn't sleeping during during so many so so many nights. But at the same time, I felt so many energy that we did it, that we crossed the border, that I saved my kids, and we were just make a pause in the border of Poland. So we were cross the border in Ukraine and we crossed the border in Poland. So they were two. How it called? How how do you call it in English? <laughs> And when we reached, when we crossed the Polish border, there were a lot of Polish volunteers who cooked food for us. And there we we make a we made a pause. We just I was just I drank some coffee. My mom ate something. My my boys they were sleeping because it was night. And after that, I was <laughs> I was crazy enough, but just just to go again to drive again to the Warsaw. And it took us, it seems to me, it, it took us several hours. It took us five, yes, it was five or seven hours uh, to reach to reach Warsaw. It was tremendously hard because, because I was totally exhausted and it was quite dangerous. But you know, it seems to me that I would never feel so dangerous like I felt when I heard those explosions. But thank you for thank you for listening all the all of yeah. that. So obviously, you know, this was, this was something that was very, you know, many people could never imagine that the challenges you went through and, and you talk about sort of, you left with just a little bit of water, no food. How much, how much were you able to eat? You said that there were people that supplied you with food, but how much were you actually able to eat on that journey? It seems to me I couldn't eat at all. It wasn't important for me. It was, for me, it was important. My kids would have at least some kind of normal food mm -hmm. and you know in ukraine we have very tasty delicious wonderful uh, cuisine 
uh, just very tasty. And especially in the Western part of Ukraine, we have our own special traditions, you know, like ethnic, ethnic folks, folks tradition in cuisine. And we, we had, you can't imagine, they, they cooked us a real dishes, a real home-style home dishes. It was warm. For example, we had salads, we had sandwiches, warmed up sandwiches. We had tea. Tea was always, we had always tea and water. Because um, I have even some pictures in my LinkedIn when, when you will see that there were a lot of cars and refugees. And there were, it's not centers, it's like a tents. So tents with volunteer, so volunteer centers with fire with a lot of stuff to, to cook, to cook, to prepare some food. Mm. So that's why I can, I'm, I can say that we had food from those people during all our travel, during all our trip. So it's so, because if, if not, if you, if we, if we hadn't such these people, I don't know, I don't know what should we do because all the stores, they were closed, nothing worked. This so then what about because so you mentioned your vehicle didn't use a lot of gas i imagine at some point you had to stop to get fuel matt it seems to me it, it was a, like a probably a, some god blessed me so <laughs> but you know lately i say i lately i repeat that i i stopped believing in god anymore since the war started but i don't know it's some some kind of blessing i filled my tank last time in Lviv. So Lviv, it is it is a, the biggest city in the western part of Ukraine. Uh, from Lviv to, to the Polish border, I don't quite remember how many kilometers. So <clears throat> I filled my, my tank in Lviv and I, I, never, I never did it again until we reached Warsaw. Okay. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a Renault Kajar on diesel and it turned out that this car is perfect for escaping from the war. <laughs> so, sorry, this words, but but I know that all the people who had the gas gas cars, gas vehicles, they had great problems. They had very very big problems because they were they were trying to find some gas. They were going from car from the car and asking give give us a little a little bit gas. It, mm -hmm. it was I don't know what should I do with this situation. It was very terrible. But but everybody tried to help, try tried to help somehow. So I was lucky to have diesel vehicle. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you you talk a lot about this idea of people helping and this this community that sort of popped up. I'd be curious to know prior to to this what, what was life like in the ukraine like for for people were they as friendly or, or what was it like you mean before the war started yeah were people always as friendly and connected like a community <clears throat> would would somebody welcome you into their home for food if you needed it or oh my goodness how can i how can i explain with my the poorest level of english in ukraine especially especially in last years especially mm -hmm. last 10 15 years we had, a, we had a tremendous growth over middle and small businesses. A lot of businesses, entrepreneurs, a lot of great experts. I mean, I mean, in different kinds of industries. We had a wonderful banking system. I don't know, a lot of cool applications. So you can just drop your money very quickly without going to bank. 
this is just one of the, one example. We had a wonderful restaurant in all in all cities and towns of Ukraine. So it was my it was my routine to go to have a breakfast during my weekend, to take my kids to have some pizza every Saturday. <clears throat> we had so why we have we have wonderful artists singers they are very famous and because i'm a great fan of concerts and festivals and so i i was visiting a lot of such kinds like museums orchards, a lot of stuff but the most <clears throat> the biggest the, my biggest love in ukraine was my only three years ago i bought my own apartment in in near near kiev only three years ago. So I just started my fully independent life there because before that I was just renting an apartment because originally I'm from the southern, southern, <clears throat> from the southern part of Ukraine. Mm. I was born in, in, a, in a town, Melitopol. Melitopol, they call it like the door to the Crimea. And you know that Crimea was occupied by Russians in 2014. And so, you know, really this war has been going on for more than eight years. And so first, the first invasion of Russians to Ukraine, it was in 2014. And also the, my, my native town, it, it is nearby, it is there in the southern part of Ukraine. But I moved to Kyiv, to the capital of Ukraine in, in 20, so almost 20 years ago. So I, I was living in Kiev, in the capital, and it is a beautiful ancient city with a beautiful history. And Ukraine itself, it is a very, it has a beautiful history and with a lot of wonderful events, with wonderful stories proving our resilience and proving that uh, Russia will, would never come down. So during during the ages, they tried to they tried to to take our territories. The territories they tried to to have our to take away our identity. It was courageous, and now we just have a result of their intentions. So you know, our life in Ukraine, we were eager, and we we are our intention, our plans, our goals is to go to Europe and to start to become a part of NATO and to become a part of Euro, Euro, European Union. Mm -hmm. And so they say that one of the reasons why Putin started this war is, is that because of that, because Ukraine would like to join European U Union and European Union has NATO, and that's why it is dangerous for Russia. This is absolutely ridiculous thing, but that's how Putin explains it. Mm -hmm. But yes, your question was about how was our lives. We were just, you know, from time to time, it, we Ukrainians remind me it's hobbits in the Lord of Rings, because we were very kind. We didn't have any weapons. We were very happy. And when those rumors started in the autumn of 2021, there were rumors about the invasion, but we never believed. Most of us, most of us, we didn't believe. Of course, there were people whose, whose fathers, whose husbands, they, they knew about the war, the, the, the true facts about the war, and they were prepared. I didn't, I didn't have such friends, so I, I didn't believe I had my own. I didn't think about it at all. And of course, now, now I, um, I criticize a little bit myself about that, that I didn't, I didn't believe in news and rumors. 
because I have two kids and I should be prepared. So, and we even created memes. So, you know, we were just so happy that we were having our life that we created some memes about Russian invasion. It was, it, it looked absolutely crazy about, about this invasion because we know what, we, what will be the, uh, the end of this war. Ukraine definitely will win. But for that time, we just, we, we never believed it. <laughs> so we just were living our lives. And for example, I had a, um, I had a webinar about learning and development planned for 24th of February. Oh, wow. It, of course, I didn't, I didn't deliver it. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take, I didn't deliver this webinar. But, but this is, but this is the explanation that we, we really, we didn't believe Matt. Thank so, you for asking. No worries. I, I will, so another thing you kind of mentioned in there is you talked about the resiliency and identity. So I'm kind of curious to know, you know, you're in this sort of new normal now. What what sort of has this experience taught you? Let's start there. The, the first piece of, yeah, what has what this taught you overall? Like, what are you walking away with? First of all, I, I must admit that Ukrainians, it is, how, how could they... How could I explain it? We have freedom in our genes. How how does it, in our genes yeah. in our yeah. immune system? I don't know. We we have freedom in our mind and in our blood. There is nothing except freedom. So freedom is our first, the biggest, the first, and the most important strength and value. Our national value is freedom, and that is. So this this is it. After it, after it, everything is is clear. Why we are behaving this way? Why is it happening this way? And that is why we are supported. So we, this is why we have so big support from from all all of the world. Because you know, in Ukraine, we have have absolutely democratic atmosphere and democratic policy. We can say what we want. We can do what we want, so in the, in terms of law, of course, but we have absolutely freedom for saying all we all we would like to, and um, the the biggest the biggest sign the biggest proof of that is our last is our current president. This president is fully chosen by people, and you know before that he he didn't he doesn't have any. A professional experience. I mean, politics. He 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 isn't. He wasn't a politic politician before we choose him. But we would like someone from us, like us, from ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Do, do I make myself clear? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is. It is the the best explanation who we are because we choose. We literally fight for our freedom, and we literally choose our president to. to by, by true so it was it was really our decision to have exactly this president not some others with with some beautiful words and speeches and promises but exactly him who were just an actor and who had a big love from all people so this is us of course of course this is it could be sound r- ridiculously very weird how we could how we could have such president but th- that is why and now all the world all all the world all the people we see that it was the right decision and why why we have exactly this president now so this is it yeah <laughs> i hope that i hope that i that i explained uh, were quite well to give you understanding 
And kind of what, one last question for you. I'm curious to know what's different for you now. And what do you see? How do you see your life being different going forward? Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for this question. So it seems to me that I should I should tell a bit a little bit about our Polish context. We spent in Polish three months. Mm -hmm. And during these three months, I I was arranging my trip to Canada. I got to know about Canadian and Ukrainian authorization for emergency travel in the in the beginning of March, so almost almost at once when we came there, and I applied to this program. They create Canadian government created it on the seventh seventh of March, and on the twenty twenty first of March, I already applied for it. And so during these three months, first of all, I must say that we never felt in we never felt safe in Poland. I don't know why I can't explain it. We just didn't feel safe because it was we we felt Russia too close to us. Mm -hmm. It is some it is probably some psychological peculiarities of that flee, flee mindset. And I even now I wrote about it in my post that even now sometimes now it is less, but in Poland it was it was very strong. I felt inside me that we are unsafe in Poland, but I want to run again and again. Mm -hmm. Really, I, I even had an opportunity to go to, Fran to France because some, some of my former colleagues, he wrote to me that, hey, I have, I have a very good house with a good uh, low price for rent, please come. And I wanted to go. Matt, I wanted to go. <laughs> but it was just like, Ola, come on, stop and think about it. It is again a, a, a road. It is again stress for your kids. Please try to calm down. And after that, Canada just appeared in my mind. And, uh, you know, Canada for me was, uh, it wasn't just like a dream. It was it, somewhere in my fantastic, <laughs> my fantastic dreams. And uh, since, since Canada created this, uh, this, this visa, this opportunity to get a visa very easily, I didn't have any doubts that I would, I would do it. It was very hard because I have a lot of stuff, kids, and all those documents. So Canadian government is quite uh, strict and severe, and that's fine. So during these th three months, I just try to arrange everything and uh, coming back to your question what is different for me now well you know everything different so if taking into consideration canada so without so we have three yeah three dimensions ukraine and how we left poland and and canada so in canada here it is i can't describe it <laughs> it is so quiet here and here i feel this calmness this quietness and this consistency and this safety uh, it is it is a, a ultimate ultimate safety here that's what i feel from time to time i have this flea mindset still that's why one of my friends he even presented me a treadmill i have a treadmill at home now <laughs> i never even dreamt about it sometimes i need to to walk to run at least physically get get rid of this feeling of of fleeing but psychologically i still sometimes feel it but you know the atmosphere here is so calm is so quiet and so because you know the the, the quality of support and the quality of canadians the, it is different it, it differs from polish polish they were helped a lot and canadians they even help more in actions i mean you do very very, very a lot of things without without any words 
Do you need it? Yes, I will, I will bring it to you <laughs> with my own car, using my own time. So just actions, a lot of actions and less words, more actions. That's Canadians. That's, that's what I see during all these six, seven months. I, I need another hour to, to, to talk about Canadian volunteers and what, what, what I have. Mm -hmm. Thank to thanks to you guys that to thank to your support. So th thank you. <laughs> Sometimes it seems to me that I can talk about it for ages. Yeah. Well, Olga, I, I want to thank you for sharing your story. This has been incredibly insightful. And and as I said before, you know, I don't think many people even hearing your story could still fathom yeah. the many challenges you've gone through. But that's that's quite the incredible story so i can't thank you enough for for your willingness to share now you mentioned your your story is also on linkedin so mm -hmm. if, if people are interested how how can they best find you or find your story yes i can i can send you a link i can send you a link to my to my profile and and, and you have it so mm -hmm. there and i will send you the link to the first first article that i had about it perfect there, there, there you will find some pictures even and even not videos but but pictures pictures about our trip Okay. Not awesome. Thank you, Matt. We'll make sure to link that in the notes. You know, okay. thank you for everybody listening. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and, and stay tuned for more great episodes to come this year. And have a great day. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>